Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David answers the question, do you have to attend church to be a good Christian? Let's listen. So, we've alluded to the question a couple times now, but let's really tackle that question. Do you need to attend church to be a good Christian? That was a question that was turned in by a congregation member. And honestly, I've heard that question over the years quite a bit. And in my own mind, I think, well, okay, uh, is church attendance necessary for salvation? And obviously we'd say, well, no, only God can do that, right? Only a saving relationship with Christ is really how that can be accomplished. But as I continue to think about that, I think, but God did design it so that when we come to that saving relationship with Christ, that there is then a community, There is a church that is ready to help that person continue to grow and develop in their faith. But unfortunately, more and more people are saying, well, I'm saved by God, but I don't really need a church community after that. A Pew Research study in 2018 said that a growing number of people found that they did believe in God but didn't see church attendance as necessary, and that they attended just a couple times a year, maybe on Easter, maybe on Christmas Eve, that sort of thing. And the number one reason listed for not attending church more often was they found that they could practice their faith in other ways outside of the church. In the same way, a LifeWay research study indicated that of the people that they interviewed, two-thirds of them said, you know, worshiping alone, or just with your family was a valid replacement for worshiping as a church. And so all of these studies are pointing to something that I think most of us sense, that there's been a movement away from the institutional church here in America. Now, there's probably many reasons for that. I mean, one reason could be the major scandals that have plagued the church with a big C, the global church, over the past decade— Some of it comes probably just from having a profound misunderstanding of what the purpose of church is. But all of that, to be said, uh, brings us back to this original question, do you have to attend church to be a good Christian? Well, my answer to that would be no. Here's the reason. I believe making you a good Christian has never been the goal of church. The goal of church, I believe, is to make mature Christians who are equipped to live faithfully in the world. And that's different than simply being good. And that's what I want to explore today, is that what my belief is the goal, really, of church for each Christian. And where I get this from is one of Paul's letters to the Ephesians. You might remember that Paul, he would go and plant churches— which meant that he would travel to a city like Ephesus. And when he got there, there would not be any church. Uh, And so he would form a group of people, and he would structure them. And he would say, this is how you can organize yourselves to be the church. So that by the time he left, in a year or two years, there was an organized and structured group of people, the church, in his wake. And then he would write letters to them to kind of check in on them and to encourage them in how they were living out the church. 
Well, that's the, one of those letters I want to study today. It's the, the letter to the church in Ephesus where Paul says this. This is really what it means to be the church. And he highlights two things. He really says to be the church, it's to create mature disciples and to equip those Christians then to live faithfully. And he says neither of those can you do alone. Both of those things have to happen when you're part of a community. So let's begin in Ephesus, or sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Paul says this, Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. So he starts by saying Jesus gave certain gifts to the church. And these gifts were, were people, particular roles that people played. He lists a few. He says, such as the apostles. And the apostles were those first disciples of Jesus. And he says also the prophets. The prophets are a gift to the church. And the prophets were those who spoke for God. They were the mouthpiece of God. There were also evangelists. Evangelists were a gift to the church. And, and they, like Paul, went from city to city sharing the good news of the gospel. And there are also pastors and teachers. They, well, you know who we are, pastors and teachers who helped shepherd and support those churches. And they all had a responsibility. All of these roles, all of what Paul calls the gifts of Christ, had a responsibility for the church. And it's this. The next verse says, and their responsibility is to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's going to be a real important part of what we study today, is this recognition that the purpose of pastors and teachers and all the others that Paul listed was to equip the people of God so that the whole body of Christ may be built up. Paul's going to use this analogy throughout this scripture this morning. The analogy of the body of Christ being the church. And Paul's saying the purpose of pastors is really to equip that body, to then act out in the world as Christ would have acted. So I read that, I study that, and I say, okay, so a pastor's goal then is not to make good Christians, however you would define that. But a pastor's goal then is to equip Christians. So if that is true, if Paul says equipping is really what happens when you come to church, then we need to take a closer look at what that word means, right? What does it mean to be equipped? And how do you know if it's happening? How do you know if you are being equipped when you come to church? Well, that word from the Greek language is katarimos, and it means to prepare or bring to a state or condition of physical fitness. Or at least initially, it was used in the Greek world as a physical fitness-related word. So to be equipped, you would then be prepared to act in a certain way in the world. I want to think of the last time that you said, you know what, I need to get back to the gym. And so you hired a personal trainer. And every time you went to the gym, that personal trainer's job was really to equip you 
with the skills you needed to reach your level of fitness that you desired. Paul's using that same sort of word, but he says, but it's not for physical fitness that we're trying to be equipped for. It is for spiritual fitness. And what does that look like? To be equipped, to learn, to grow to a level of spiritual fitness. Well, in Paul's mind, he's saying that's like you're, you're thinking of a pastor as a spiritual trainer. So not as a physical trainer, but a spiritual trainer who is seeking to bring you to a level of spiritual fitness. He says to do that, instead of going to the gym, you go to the church. You grow in the church. You grow with one another as you're all equipped and growing together. So that's the analogy that Paul is using here when he talks about the equipping work of the church. Pastor Dana and myself, we seek to equip the congregation in one primary way, and that is through the exploration of God's Word. That is why we spend so much time on Sunday mornings really exploring God's words, because we believe that that's how the equipping work of the Spirit is best done. It's by us as a community taking seriously God's word, and then us as a community saying, how can I live this out? How can I apply this to my actual life today? Because when that happens, when you're learning and growing in your knowledge of God's Word, and then you're applying that to how you live outside these walls, we believe as pastors that's where the equipping work really begins to bear fruit. So, Paul's saying we come to church not to simply call ourselves good, but to be equipped to live faithful lives when we leave this place. And he says even that process, though, has an ultimate goal in mind. It has an end goal, and that's where he goes next. He says, this will continue, this equipping work will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. When do you know that you've had enough church. You know, sometimes you think, well, I grew up in the church. I've pretty much got it by now, right? Well, Paul would say, no, no, no. You've got to be a part of the Christian community until you reach this perfect standard of Christ, which I think we would all say is unreachable, because we're all in process, aren't we? We're all progressing as Christians. We're all growing as Christians, and Paul says the best way to do that it's to do that together in a community, in a church. Paul really points to two things that should be happening within the church. He says there should be unity in faith and knowledge, and there should be maturity in Christ. Unity and maturity. Let's think of that word maturity for a second. Who is the most mature person that you know? You know, what person or what attributes come to mind when you think of that word maturity? Well, when you look at the definition of mature, it means to be fully developed. Uh, you can mature physically, right? I see this with my own kids as they are growing. They are becoming developed 
They're not fully mature yet, but you can see where they're headed. You can become mature emotionally. Hopefully, that happens to all of us over the course of our life. And the point Paul is making is you can also become spiritually mature. Now, I would say we're never going to be fully developed in our faith on this side of eternity, but it's the recognition that we're all in process, aren't we? We're hopefully growing towards the goal of being mature disciples of Christ. So Paul really lays that out as being one of the primary purposes of church. So again, we come back to that question saying, hey, church isn't supposed to try to make you good, but church is trying to make you mature. And there's a difference. So Paul lists those signs of maturity, unity, knowledge of God, and says really church, hopefully, is leading you into a deeper understanding of both of those areas. Now, Paul's going to fully flesh out what maturity in Christ looks like, but before he does, he's going to say what maturity doesn't look like. He's going to say the opposite first, saying, well, here's what immaturity in faith really looks like. So let's go there first before we look at the depth of maturity. Paul, in the next verse, says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So Paul here is referring to those who are immature in faith, meaning that they are not yet fully developed. And I would say, and they're not really on that track where they're seeking to grow and develop in faith. And he says, what are the signs that there's an immature faith? And he says, one of the signs is that that person has no spiritual foundation. You know, there's no strong foundation where you can say, I am rooted right now in Christ. Instead, he describes a person who is tossed by the waves, tossed here and there, like you've been knocked off a boat and that you don't have that firm foundation and you're just floating away in the ocean. He describes a person who hears of a teaching of faith and says, oh, I'm going to run over here and then learn all I can. And then at the same time, they hear another teaching and they go, oh, wait, never mind. Forget all that. I'm going to run over here and see all of this type of teaching, even if they're contradictory. And Paul says, no, we don't want to just follow whatever whims of teaching there are out there. Instead, we need a firm foundation. We need a spiritual foundation from which to build upon. And it's my hope that church offers that for you. It's my hope that this church is this firm foundation that you then can build your faith upon in Christ. So Paul is hoping that when you go to church, you feel more rooted in Christ and rooted in your community because of coming to church. So if that's immaturity, being tossed about by the waves, then what is true maturity? Well, Paul says this. He says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So ultimately, maturity in faith means that you're going to look a whole lot more like Jesus. You're going to act a whole lot more like Jesus. 
as you become more mature in your faith. And Paul does a really neat thing with his analogy. Because he says the church, we're all the body of Christ, but a body needs a head, right? And what can a body do without a head? Nothing. Nothing. Our brains send signals to our body to act. The only reason I'm waving to you right now is because my brain is sending a signal to my hand to say I need to wave. And so the head controls the body. And in this analogy, Paul is saying if we are the body of Christ, Christ is the head of the body, which means that we as a church do not do anything without Christ. We don't act without Christ. We don't move without Christ because Christ is the head, meaning that every action that we take as a church and every decision that we make needs to be guided and instructed by Christ. I'm not the head. You are not the head. The session of the church is not the head. Christ is the head of the church, which brings us to this beautiful conclusion. Paul says, for Christ, from Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is truly why we come to church. I mean, we do all those things. We listen to the children's message, right? We worship together. We learn together. We're a part of the community together. But at its core, what Paul is hoping happens when you go to church is that you seek to grow and learn from one another as we take God's word seriously. And that in that whole process, we build one, one another up in love. You can't do that alone. You cannot do that as individuals. That only happens in a community, in the church. And so the body of Christ is never an individual, but the body of Christ is always a communal church, just like unity. So based off of what we studied today, I would say that we should seek to grow and build one another up in love as God designed us to do. Coming back to our original question. So, you do not have, or sorry, you do not have to attend church to be a good Christian, but to be a mature Christian who is equipped to live faithfully in the world, yeah, I think church is pretty essential for that. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.